Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, today my guests are the most amazing couple. They were part of my journey into coaching when I trained with them as a master coach and they have been instrumental into where I am now in my life as a coach. I will let them tell a bit more, uh, tell you a bit more about themselves. So welcome to the show, Nikki and Tony V, the relationship couple and creators of the Couples Intimate Relationship Education Programme. Hey. Hey, hello. <laughs> hello, John. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for being guests on the show today. It's amazing to see you and thanks for thanks for putting the time aside to be here. You're very welcome and uh, happy to help. Um, so as I mentioned, you are the relationship couple. Um, so if you would just briefly like to tell people who are listening a little bit about yourselves. I love the way that you do your unique introduction style. So I'll let you carry on with it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, well, the way we always do it is I always introduce Nikki and Nikki introduces me. So a bit of a fun way around, a bit unusual. But anyway, uh, you know, basically the reason we ended up as relationship coaches is because we were so bad at them. We, we actually got such bad results. It was amazing. And, you know, we lived in long-term relationships, been struggling, 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 before we sort of like, you know, absolutely said, look, enough is enough. We've got to learn some more. So in Nikki's case, um, she was married uh, twice, um, had a son with her first marriage. It lasted 10 years. So often when you're struggling in relationships, they, they have longevity. And part of Nikki's um, uh, challenge was that, um, as we share it in, in our work, is that her realisation later on is that the masculine and feminine energies in that, that relationship were a little bit out of kilter. But look, we always say, as creators of the Couples Intimate Relationship Education Programme, nobody teaches you this stuff <laughs> at school, do they? They sort of left it off the curriculum and then you go to university and it's not there either, you know. Yeah. So we're not taught about relationships, we're not taught about intimacy, we're not taught about money. So it's like we're left with, you know, everything from O-levels and CSEs to A-levels and university degrees. And the bit of life that's like the most important bit is left off the curriculum. So Nikki, like myself, fell down the hole of not having any tools and, you know, gets into a relationship with this guy, has a, has a child, and uh, that, that all didn't work out. So a few years later, she, you know, becomes a, a single mum. And then, bless her, she uh, got into another relationship and realised and knew, knew she was doing exactly the same thing again. So, and again, I go, look, people fall into the trap so many times because they don't know what they know. They don't know what they they don't know. But she did know she was doing it again. So she's entered into a relationship where things are what we would describe as sort of out of balance. And look, this doesn't mean just because your relationship life's a mess that you can't do well in business, earn loads of money. So Nikki was very blessed to, you know, get into the corporate world after having a sort of entrepreneurial business with her first husband. In the second one, she became, you know, um, the MD and the HRD of a city-based company 
that mm. had 3,000 employees and a £70 million turnover, and she's the head honcho. The people on the board, they, she was the only woman. It was very Mrs Thatcher days. So she was like the Thatcherite of this board. She was yeah. the only woman on the board, and I actually had this saying behind her back that she had more balls than all the men put together on the board. So, you know, no wonder that she ended up running the show very like Thatcher. Thatcher was her, her thing at the, on, on the day. But, of course, just like Mrs Thatcher, you notice how Dennis always had to bless him, walk 10 paces behind, as did, you know, Nikki's um, relationship. So in the end, that relationship broke down and, you know, all sorts of things happened. But then she found the magic of personal and spiritual development and went on a bit of journey of learning, you know, what um, we, are, we are not literally taught when we're young. And, uh, and it was on the process of that that I'm sort of doing the same um, you know, in the man's guise, so to speak, and the universe kept somehow throwing us together, didn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I've never heard you say it like that before. But anyway, interesting. Yes. Yeah, so uh, what can I say about Tony V? Um, yes, very much like uh, my background, Tony had a, a series of intimate relationships, which, as you know, John, of course, when the intimate relationship in your life is not going well, this impacts your kids, it impacts your, well, it often impacts your business as well. But all relationships start to not work well. And so Tony, same as me, pretty much, without going into the finer detail, you know, had two uh, long-term relationships, first with his wife, where they had three children, uh, and secondly, with, with, with someone else. And actually, Tony's background is in retail. So he is one of the world's countries, nay, the world's leading experts on tropical fish. And, yeah. and that was really funny for me, because when Tony said I was doing uh, personal and spiritual development, I remember going on a course myself, John, and, and um, being asked, you know, what's your vision of your future and, you know, the, 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 you know, the way you have your life and your relationships and all that yeah. sort of thing. And I wrote, you know, I want to be with a man who is really on his purpose. You know, he, he, he's really, um, you know, wants to be successful in the world, but, you know, he wants to make a difference, you know, and I know mm -hmm. that's an overused term, but, but I never, ever would have guessed that, you know, it was a, he would have a, a, a background in uh, shops that and, and tropical fish and pets, by the way. So Tony V is very much, as they say, in touch with his inner animal. He's all about, you know, the, the flora and the fauna, or as I call it. Um, so he's a very unique human being. What can I say? I could talk about him for hours. Now, when he got to sort of mid 40s, same as me, really, he's kind of gone. This isn't working relationship wise or life. Both of us very successful financially, but really our private life and our intimate relationships and maybe even some of our family relationships were not working well. And so he then um, embarked on a personal development journey as well. And we met up um, at a, a seminar, you know, right. and when we got together very, very quickly. And interestingly, so Tony's by then a coach, a coach of entrepreneurs, a business mm -hmm. coach. I'm a corporate coach in the city. And we would have probably carried on doing that for, for ages. Where again, John, you're absolutely right. That was all about the people, the relationships people had at work, the relationships they have with money, the relationships they have at home. Mm -hmm. um, and then somebody said to us, 
like, well, somebody said to me, actually, she said, could you come and speak about, uh, you know, come and speak in Ireland, would you believe? And um, in Dublin. And I said, what kind of personal development tool do you want me to teach? And she said, no, we'd like you and Tony to come and talk about your relationship. So right. we got pain, went to uh, Dublin, decided that we knew what were the three most important things that we thought had contributed to our intimate relationship mm-hmm. being great. Um, and we went, and that is now nearly 18 years ago. Wow. And since then, we have assisted thousands of um, people, both single people, to get into a relationship. And um, But now, specifically, we work with couples, as you can see, as you heard. Um, but really, we're about intimate relationships, but we're also about, of course, both of us, particularly Tony, his purpose, his vision, is to assist people to have a healthy, happy and fulfilled life. And that's what we're here for. And that's what we're going to be doing till we're even more old than we already are now. <laughs> and make an amazing difference in the, in the meantime. Can you tell me then a little bit more about that? You know, you said you did your first talk. Um, you were invited to go and talk about what you thought were the kind of fundamentals of a happy, intimate relationship. Because you, as you intimated there, you'd both had the experience and as you know about my personal background I've had very similar experience of, I've continued a, an unhealthy cycle of relationships throughout my life and again in my mid-40s that's when I realized that you know I became aware of the fact that it was me that was making these choices and making these kind of interacting these relationships towards me um so, you know, you said you kind of went across to that talk and you, you took those fundamentals of what you think a, a great relationship is about. Can you tell me a bit yeah, more? Yeah, so, like, we, we ended up using these. And we honestly, from that sort of day, we've never changed this part of our teaching. It was so crazy. Um, actually, we had a flip chart in our house. And um, I said to Nikki, so, look, we've been asked to do this. We better get our act together. What do you think is it? that we were doing that was wrong and we've learned now that now works you know so well um because this girl sort of saw us she chose us for this subject because she said is there something about you two that you you got a relationship that you just don't see um so yeah so we've gone right okay what is it that we're doing anyway we had this flip chart and we came up with two things we sort of almost sat we always say because we're old that was like almost written on the back of a bag packet, really. In the old days, they used to say that. Not that we spoke, but anyway. (laughs) But actually, it's very simple. So we really have two what we call foundational models. And the first one, really, as as you said so honestly, uh, John, that the the big realisation comes when you realise it's about you and not about the other person. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I think our first, you know, because we got no education, our first thought is when it's not working, it's it's they're the problem they are the problem so we treat it i would say like a car you know it's broken down so we you know just get a new one basically (laughs) so we come out of one relationship and just get another one we don't sort of look at ourselves and go so what was i bringing to that Mm. uh, that was creating part i was part of the problem we see Mm. them being all of the problem and which so, is why we often duplicate it and do it again. Yes. It's yeah. because they're basically going, one of our favourite things to say is like, you know, people are all saying, if only you were more like me, everything would be okay. But we don't realise that we're the common denominator. Yeah. And so therefore that part, that first part is all about, you know, what are you bringing to the, to the relationship as an individual? 
Yeah, so what, what we, we came up with, and actually I've sort of discovered this when I was in my retail world of, of tropical fish, because people used to come in and their fish were dying. And, and if they'd have bought their fish from me like the week before and then they died, it's crazy. But they come in and I noticed how they wanted to blame me. Mm -hmm. you know, like, I bought this fish from you last week. I always say you used to come in with it in a, in a matchbox with a bit of like uh, cotton wool in it. And then they'd come up to the counter and they'd open the box. You know, yeah. it was like they bought a washing machine and the washing machine was broken down. And it's all my fault, you know. Yeah. So I like, I bought this from you last week and look, it's now dead. It's yeah. got to be your fault. So I in, uh, invented this process of helping them see it was all their fault. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and of course, what I... Was... It was all right when it left the shop. <laughs> yeah, it was fine. It, 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 I always used to point to the table. Is their brothers and sisters. His brothers and sisters. They're still alive, yeah. They're all swimming around fine. So anyway, I, never, I always joked about that. But anyway, look, the thing was that I learned, believe it or not, I learned about chemistry so that I could test the water in the tank to find out what was going wrong. So... I used to say to him, so look, you know, okay, so look, this has happened. The other, all his brothers and sisters are great. So look, let's see if we can find out what went wrong. Mm. I became like CSI, you know, the, the TV. <laughs> so instead of, because in the death of a fish. Yes, absolutely. So instead of like oh, which just. Which is what coaching is actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> investigation to what's going wrong. Yes. yes. So if you think about it, I, I used to say to him, so look, yeah. And, that, and I said, look, it only costs like three quid to find out why he's died. So I used to charge him like for the autopsy almost. It wasn't quite an autopsy. But I said, how we do it is we look at the environment, yeah? We look at the environment, we find out, you know, what's different. So yeah. I'm able to show them our environment's good and there's not good. So then, of course, I'd, I'd print out a report and, um, and it would show them and actually it would come up really red if it was not good. So it was like red is the national, international colour for danger. Like yeah. red flag on the beach, do not go swimming. It's dangerous, you know. So people know that. And then if it was all good, then it will come out green. And I go, you know, well, look, fair enough. We'll just give you another one. Or if it was red, most of them were. I'd teach them how to get it green. And not we wouldn't put any more fish in until it was green. Yeah. So I use this on intimate relationships. Because, you just actually you just made me think about something which I've never thought about before and, and you know think about how many times we've talked about this yeah is that the absolute you know the opposite of you know if you just look more like me everything will be all right and I'm off and I'll just find somebody else is that you look at yourself but also what Tony was doing with the fish you know, and by the way, he's, he's really humble about this. He actually won a national award for this test that he's talking to you about, talking to you about. Yeah. And, and he came first with an entrepreneur, uh, not an um, innovation award. Sainsbury's came second third. and third, and Richard Branson came second. <laughs> and the, the award is on our mantle, you know, it's on our, our mantelpiece at home. It's very proud of it, really. Just doesn't talk about it. But when I think, when people come to us when people you know if, you, if you're listening to this uh, podcast and you are you know you let alone your intimate relationship the relationships in your uh, life that are giving you pain then first of all yes what we found was you just needed to look at yourself but secondly 
or thirdly, or even the, the extent that we ask people is we say, hey, look at your environment. You think about that, what Tony yeah. just said about the environment that they're fishing. Yeah. Think about how many people come to you, John, as a coach and as to us the same, and they go, you know, there's something wrong with my relationship. I'm not getting on with my parents. I'm not getting on with my kids. I'm thinking, and we go, well, let's look at you. And they go, why? Why would you look at me? You know, it's all about them, right? Yeah. But also we go, let's look at the environment that you live in. Like how, you know, how good is the environment with you? How much effort are you putting to being, having a, like a healthy body or a healthy environment that you live in? So our kind of educational system, it's all about the whole of you and your life. And that's why it does come from the fish. Absolutely. It's always the, comes from know, the fish. I noticed, like, for example, your internal energy. So, you know, anyway, I had, I had this sort of scoring system. So not only did the report for the fish come out in red, it used to give them a marks out of 100 for their fish tank. Right. So I used to say, look, you've got to get, you know, a green healthy fish tank scores 90 or more. So I noticed how the score used to have a massive effect on these people. And, it, and, and they'd immediately take responsibility which was, is fantastic, you know. So they, they accepted that we've done the test, they're in the red, and now they wanted to spend a load of money, which was great, of course, and <laughs> to put it all right. So yeah. I've moved the blame from me to them taking responsibility. So mm. if you think about intimate relationships. So what I did is the first thing I did when I started coaching was to create a test. Now, the test is very simple, it just uses questions, whereas obviously with the fish, I was doing chemistry yeah. tests. But, you know, look, we, I always say we are a chemistry set. Humans are a chemistry set, you know, inside of us. When, you know, we like, for example, if you take negative emotionality, whether you worry or you're, ang you're anxious or you get frustrated or angry or any of those things, they are your chemistry that is giving you their emotions. Emotions are chemistry. And yeah. um, so, you know, like basically I would say to people, are you in control of your emotions or are your emotions in control of you? Now, if your emotions are in control of you, you, then ultimately you're bringing that part of you to your relationship so we created this sort of test and 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 the first person I tested was myself so I knew that like if I um, I always said look if you're in the red you're going to score 69 or less anyway when I did the test on myself okay. I came out at 54 all right. oh okay so that started the journey of me looking at myself because I started to think to myself well, what's in the bit What's in the gap? But of course, I didn't know what was in the gap. So um, I went on a sort of journey of discovery, really, to discover what was in the gap. And, you know, I took a year out and, and decided to work on myself, which yeah. is very much what we sort of, you know, that's how we coach people. We're saying, look, you bring you to the, to the game, you know, and we'll help you unravel the bits that's in your gap. So yeah. we took that to Ireland and said, right, well, you're going to either be in the red uh, or in the green. And we literally tell them the fish story, really. And they're going, okay. So it's something, it's taking something very complex, like, you know, why do I get angry? And making it very simple. Mm -hmm. And then making people like a bit inquisitive to find out, well, where am I? Yeah. So we used to do, you know, did 150 tests, actually. I tested uh, 50 Americans. I had a girl in America test 50 Americans. 
I had a girl in Germany test 50 Germans. I thought we'd better test the Germans. And then I did, I did 50 people in Croydon because I come from Croydon in London, yeah? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I knew that was never going to be good because Croydon is not the end of the world. But as Peter Kay says, you can see it from there. So... <laughs> It is not, you know, it's not great energy. We went there the other week. So all the people in Croydon, we do still love you, obviously. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> we love you all. They just, you know, I lived there for 47 years and didn't, you know, ever go out of it, really. So I thought life was like that. You know, I didn't realise there was another way of living. So, um, yeah, and what was really great from that, and this is still the, you know, we are answering your question, John, by the way. This is the like first it. thing that we wrote on the, you know, the back of the fan pack. It was, it was like you, how you are and how you show up, how you, you know, you'll have heard me talk about this in oh, yeah. coaching yeah, lots, and lots of times. And as you can imagine, the test that Tony did for the people was like, you know, on a scale of 0 to 10, you know, not being you you know, this is terrible. You're not having an experience you want to have at all. And 10 is, you're having a great experience. Where are you? And what was absolutely fascinating, just to sort of loop this all together, is that Tony had, you know, won this award and he got this test. And, he, you know, this test was now in lots and lots of other people that he was showing how to take that into their businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, and the guy sort of said to him, the guy who gave him the award was the CEO of the uh, British but, Gas, yeah. um, British Gas, or somebody big, right? Yeah. Um, said to Tony, "So what are you going to do with this award?" Thinking he was going to say, "You know, I'm going to use it to market my shop, kind of thing, or my or my test, which yeah. is the big thing that they got the he got the award for." He said, "I'm going to do for fish what I'm going to do for people what I've done for fish," and and that was the beginning of his journey. And what's been really interesting is as soon when we got together on the very morning that we got together, Tony was telling me about this test and he was going, basically, he called it the happy test. And it's right. asking yourself question about where you are in any area of your life. And mm -hmm. he's, he scored a 50. He had scored at the beginning of that year, like a 55. So I was just thinking about, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and I was to ask you a really simple question, like forget you know your relationships for a moment forget everybody else but like the question being on a scale of naught to ten not being terrible your life is terrible it's awful it's painful it's not where you want it to be and ten is it's amazing you can't believe how happy you are what's your number and if you are, are as tony said under like you know around that as he oh, was and i know it? i was when i was even though i was doing well in the corporate world i was unhappy yeah. it was like it ran the 50 if you're like a, a, a you know a one two three four five even up to six or seven out of ten you are as they would say you know we're you know you're in danger of being very unhappy and therefore likely having unhappy relationships because you bring yourself in that energy into the relationship. And what was fascinating is I hadn't learned that, but I'd learned something similar. And so both of us had put this year aside to sort of get ourselves in a great place. Mm. When we met on that very morning, Tony said, told me about this test. And I said, well, can you do the test with me? So he, he did the test with me and I got quite high score because I've spent a lot of time getting myself into a really great state yeah. and I said well what's your number you see and he went well I, actually I've just been doing it for these 150 people I haven't done it for like you know myself yeah, by the so, way the, the average score for the 150 people was 55 yeah. which right. was really amazing because no? it was a good mix of people you know that's yeah. a good survey you know many yeah. surveys have 
less people than 150. But then I realised I was 1% less happy than everybody else. Which <laughs> <laughs> and of course, at the time when you're in a very low score, you yeah. actually think it's all about everybody else or the government or the job or the boss or the, you know, the, the wife or the husband or the kids. or whatever. Everybody thinks it's about something else. But actually what happens, as Tony said, is you create these chemicals inside of your body that actually creates a world that you don't that you don't like. Um, but at, so so what happened was that we he, I asked him what are you scoring now so he went well, I haven't done it for ages so I yeah I asked him what the questions were um, and and I asked them him which is how we got got together virtually which is ironic yeah. and both scored eighty eight oh wow and we kind of looked at each other and kind of went whoa that's a bit spooky because we weren't together at the time but obviously yeah. got together very quickly afterwards but the, it's so interesting how this is well then prior to that as well something really interesting is tony had started to teach um the difference between are you on the road to fear or are you on the road to love and we always go right whether you're at a you know not one two three four five out of ten you know life and you're in what as tony said you know, worry, doubt, anxious, you know, you're in a low energy, call it like that. Um, or whether you call that fear or whether you call that low energy, that is going to have a huge impact on your life. So he'd been teaching people, you know, not just the, doing the happy test, but he'd been teaching people, you know, are you on this road to fear or are you on the road to love? And we based our whole teaching and our, all our coaching mm -hmm on that philosophy that says, look at you first, find out where you are. Mm -hmm. Are you in fear? Are you in a low energy score? Are you not in good space? You know, any words you want to use to describe that? Mm -hmm. Or are you working on yourself? Are you getting a better? Are you creating a different, are you showing up differently? And that's our absolute so that first was, thing. That was number one. And then the number two thing, which was the big revelation, I suppose, for us, beyond realising it was all about ourselves. Um, we were creating our relationship experience rather than it, we were victims of it and it yeah. was happening to us. Uh, we were actually creating it. So that was number one. But number two was we realised, um, and this, honestly, uh, John, we've like I've sat in the back of a, a divorce court, you know, around the back where they're all waiting to go in <laughs> and get their divorce, you know. Yeah. And, of course, all hell's breaking loose out there, you know. Basically, the energy is very low. Everybody is in the red, and they don't know that, of course. Yeah. They're trying not to be wrong. They're trying to make the other person wrong. So, of course, the other person I will say doesn't want to be wrong. They're trying to make you wrong. So you can sort of see it. We call it the blame game, really. Yeah. All the time you're in that, then there's no winners. There's only losers, yeah? yeah. Um, so, But the other thing that we really noticed was that over time, probably since Victorian times, when men were very aggressive you know this still happens in some countries today they they sort of very superior should we call it yeah, you know? yeah so if you think of some countries like you know some of the like saudi arabia would be a good example where you know equality still has nowhere near started in, well it has started because they've let women drive right, but only yeah. in the last year you know yeah, which is yeah. amazing isn't it you know women aren't allowed to vote they're not allowed to drive so you think about us we were there in victorian time yeah so, you know, it takes generations to move. 
Mm. Um, and of course, we went through the, the the Pankhurst woman is so amazing. You know, if you really do go into her story, somebody's just written a book about, um, you know, the Pankhurst story. And it's very, very, very amazing because she's famous for, you know, handcuffing herself or tying herself to the Downing Street railings. Mm. But wow, you know, her whole movement was unbelievable what she did to move the energy from being sort of very what we might call macho masculine not healthy relate healthy energy yeah. but you know, we've gone completely the other way now you know 100 and whatever 50 years 170 years later we've gone you know through equality into you know where we've got situation where the energies of the masculine and feminine are still not in balance no so, look you know that's where if you really want a great relationship we call this getting the the blue that male energy which you know we've both got and the female energy, which we've both got as, as men and women, to get those into balance. But of course, definitely no one's ever talked about any of that. We're all too busy. Again, men and women, there's very much a war going on in some ways where women have fought back against the nasty Victorian man. But look, you know, it may, it's, it's really in many ways feminized men. So you sort of see, you know, and I was definitely have my hand up for going like I was in the middle of all of that. Yeah. Um, timing wise where I was very confused um, about what women really wanted but definitely what they don't want um, is they don't want to be with a feminine man really or let's say this causes the relationship a lot of challenges can you so, just um, give me a definition of your maybe of what you say masculine and feminine are? I mean I talk about this myself and people get it kind of fused confused a little bit of male and female um, what would you how would you describe the masculine and the feminine energy Shall I do that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, I think the one thing that just to pre-frame this from what Tony said, just to carry on from what Tony said, is what we found and what we realised is that because of this history, that women, I'll, I'll just give you an example, women, and this, women still say this to me today, that in order to be successful, they need to behave like men. Mm -hmm. And what saddens me to hear that, and that's why my, you know, journey has all come, virtually come to the point of going like, I just really want to share with women that there's a better way, a more natural way yeah. to be successful. So we're not saying, you know, anything about what people might want to have in their lives. We're just saying that there is a downside from women behaving in a masculine way. So here the difference between man and woman and masculine feminine is an energy. So it, it's, it's how you show up a little bit like, you know, we talked before. Um, and so a lot of women think that they need to act more in a masculine way. Mm -hmm. And the definition, just to give you a few words just to describe, would, would be that they might be taking charge of things and owning things and taking responsibility for things and which is not so natural to a woman yes. so women bring things so if you go right back so and of course the same happening with men as tony was just explaining so if men go into a more feminine kind of mode then they are doing the opposite and so what when, when we're talking about us being out of balance it's nobody's fault it's just how time has has changed 
But to give you um, some sort of cast iron kind of examples, I think that where women have decided and basically been taught this, um, maybe not just by their parents, but by society as well, is to say that, you know, you need to behave in a masculine way to be successful, right? Mm I am absolutely living proof that when I realized that me being not in a good space, number one, okay, being at a 50%, you know, of a good space in my own life, but acting basically like a man in my business, remember the the quote, you know, more balls than the rest of them put together, right? That was costing me massively, not just intimate relationships, not just in relationships with other people, but with my health, because I was creating a lot of adrenaline and lots of other chemicals inside of me, testosterone, things like that thinking that I had to do that to be successful. It's very normal for this to happen for a woman who becomes a single mom like I was. Mm. Now, the downside for the woman is massive because she's now, first of all, affecting her own body with the chemicals that she's she's creating, but Mm. also is likely to think that, here's, here's the problem, and men and women both think this, that if we're just equal in every single way, in other words, society says we're the same. There's no, you know, like we just need to operate the same. Yeah. And therefore what we get then is we get woman being more masculine because she's, um, because woman naturally is more vulnerable. So therefore she goes more masculine to try and stay safe as yeah. well as be successful. Mm-hmm. And what the man does is the opposite. He goes, well, like, it's been historically that men have gone too masculine. So he now goes, right, we're both the same. So here's the sensible thing. I will take the, this is, what did they call it in the nineties? Some metro man or something. Yeah, yeah, metrosexual man. And he'll go, he'll go, well, I won't, I won't try and be, I'm going to say something provocative, contentious in a minute. I'm not going to try and be, the leader of this relationship. And do you hear my tonality? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about being in charge. I'm talking about yeah. being the leader in this relationship. Someone who takes care of my yeah. woman, the family, mm-hmm. and you know my, the people who work with me or whatever. I'm not going to be the leader. I'm going to be the equal here. Yeah. And what's happened over time is the man has kind of gone, yeah, do you know what? It's just easier if I let her make the decisions. This is very common in, in, in yeah. um, um, intimate relationships. If I'm trying to be like too masculine with a, we get into an argument. And so I'll just let it happen. I'll just, you know, and therefore then the man, this impacts everything again, intimate relationships, every relationship, because he doesn't feel good about himself. So at the ultimate, the man doesn't feel good about himself because his, his natural thing is to, you know, be the going very far back now hunter, provider, the person who takes the lead in a healthy way. Healthy, 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 you have to remember mm-hmm. that. And the woman doesn't feel good because she's taking the lead in and taking charge of things that's not natural for her. So our teaching is very contentious in the way that we go. Women and men need to go back to what's nature, what's natural to them, and everything will work better. The journey between where we've got to and where we need to be to have, you know, like a 10 out of 10 relationship is really where we have done that journey ourselves. 
you know, I got much more success in business when I did it from my feminine. Why? Because I'm a girl. Tony got much more success in his business and in his relationships when he was being more masculine in a healthy mm-hmm. way because he's a man. Yeah. And, and like this is where, you know, our teaching is a little contentious, but we're absolutely certain that there is, and we, this is the same as that day in Dublin in 2003, literally was, you know, you know, we still believe the same thing. Yeah, and what's interesting. Sorry, I got carried away. I think it's very interesting that, you, you know, we always share about nature. Mm. Nature has the answer to everything. I don't know if you're a fan of Prince Charles, but Prince Charles is very into nature. He's written some really great books, primarily about plants. He's famous for his gardening and talking to the plants and think people thinking he's mental, you know. But actually, if you read some of his stuff, um, it, it always says if you've got a problem, go back to nature to solve it. So a lot of people have accused us of being sort of old fashioned saying, yeah, but you're just going back to the 50s. We mm. always go, no, no, we're, we're much older than that. Than that yeah. <laughs> we're going back to nature going, look. Well, the early look, creation look. of the human species, in fact. Yeah, exactly. yeah. If you go, look, you know, naturally, you know, we are different. But logically, of course, you know, humans have since pretty much a victor. Well, maybe the 1600s when the scientists, you know, the Newtonians, sort of brought science towards us. We bent towards the human mind trying to work it out, you know. And, and of course, you know, from the sort of mid-Victorian times, definitely we've gone down a road, like, you know, the Industrial Revolution says, yeah, look, it makes sense. Get a machine, it'll, it'll do things quicker. We can do it things faster. We can build bigger things, be better. All we've got to do is dig a load of coal up and use steam. Now, here we are in 2020s going, yeah, but hold on a minute. That was a good idea logically, but look at the consequences of some of that. We then have to deal with the consequences. So look, people with relationship challenges in our world are dealing with the consequences of the logic of equality and the masculine and feminine that's not not in balance in today's world, going out of kilter. The consequences are the terrible relationship stats of, you know, 50% of the relationships you know, ending in divorce or if many people don't get married today. More of those relationships, they don't actually have any numbers, but it's estimated that people that don't get married, and my second relationship lasted seven years. I never got married, but it still broke down. So there's not a stat recorded for that. But it's, it's, it's almost, it's sort of guessed that twice as many of those relationships break down than than matrimonial because in some ways there's the sort of marriage certificate does lock people together long term because mm. it's comp- it's a little bit more complicated to get out of there's costs there's all sorts yeah. of you know. so, like, yeah yeah so it's it's not as easy is it but look so people stay people mm. stay when actually they're unhealthy and of course that it, it really is they just don't really know the rules of the game which was yeah. our challenge yeah, as you said right at the beginning, but we're not taught the fundamentals of a healthy relationship, are we? Uh, it's really interesting what you came up with for the stats for your uh, that your tests that you put out there. That you know, every average score is fifty-five. Yeah, it just goes to show how many people sit in that unhappy, unfulfilled yeah. space and don't know any different. No, and right. do you know something? Here's the thing that actually is, again, a lot of what we deal with as coaches is that, you know, we've talked about something that's very common, which is, you know, woman goes into a more masculine state. That's because she's been told that she can do anything. Why shouldn't she be a, you know, 
engineer why shouldn't she do everything quite i and i agree with that by the way i'm just going like the the chemicals really are not good so it's very very uh, we would say we say about 80 percent of people are in that situation and that is not good in their relationship but there is another you know well maybe 85 percent, another 15 percent of people where their score in life is so low that they're very much lower. So they've got a very dysfunctional life. This is, you know, anger, depression, addictions, Mm. all that kind of thing. What can happen is first of all, now we can get a very dysfunctional relationship. And sometimes, so if 85% go like the woman starts, you know, being in charge and the woman, the man just gives up and goes to the pub or whatever he does, right? There's there's the other 15%, where the man goes too macho, either physically or, 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 or verbally aggressive, mm. and the woman becomes more passive aggressive, more victim, more that. This is what, this is where the lower the score you have as an individual, the lower the, the, the more dysfunctional the intimate relationship will be. And this is where some of the statistics are so bad, you know, because like, you know, you've heard that 50% divorces, they say mm-hmm. 75% of second marriages and 85% of third marriages fail because there is so much dysfunctional, even to the point, as I said earlier, where we're working with, with couples and we're finding out that they've got such a dysfunctional life yeah. that their children are being, you know, very badly affected, mm-hmm. you know, and their health, you know, let's not, which is, comes to our third thing. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> trying to say that you know the law, the law over the yeah, last, eventually. the law over the last few years has tried to deal with like you know uh, the psychology. So there's a lot of man- marriages where I'm sure you've dealt with some of this stuff. It's very heavy where there's a psychological abuse. You know, abusive. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Become more and more. So people always saw abuse as physical abuse, but of mm. course there's mental and emotional abuse, which has now become my first my first relationship when i left home when i was 19 20 that was very emotionally abusive yeah yeah i know it's it's much more common than people think Mm. but of course again you know the law like i always go look trying to control somebody or something is never the answer the answer is always to look at yourself and go how have i created that because then Mm. i can i can uncreate it so to speak Whereas, of course, you know, even the law bless it. And they know that, you know, when you look at the rape, rape thing goes on at the moment, you know, they're arguing that so few rape cases come to trial Mm. because it's so difficult to prove. But think about how they got into that position in the first place. You know, and it's a big subject. But the law has massive difficulty dealing with everything like this, whether it's divorce. You know, if you're divorced and you've got kids, they're trying to sort that out, you know, Mm. where you're all disagreeing. So mm. the answer for us is always to go, right, let me just learn more about this. Because if I learned about this, I wouldn't get myself and we wouldn't be asking a judge or whoever it is, somebody else to sort out our issues, which are all done at a logical level. Right? Yeah. Whereas actually, it's much easier to come to someone like ourselves and go, yeah, actually, let's just see if I could look at all of this in a way that I've, I've never looked at it before. And so that I don't repeat it, because that is, for me, the biggest problem, is you come out of that relationship and then repeat it again with somebody else. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and today, of course, there's so many people doing that. You've got blended families. You know, we were working with, a, a, you know, two people who both had previous marriages. They've both got kids. So they've now got, like, an ex-partner, 
There's another relationship. Then you've got this person's got an ex-partner and kids. Then they've got kids between them. You know, they've got like all of these. Then kids. there's the parents and the grandparents. Then yeah. there's the. I mean, like, and it's it, a nightmare because it everybody's on. got an opinion, but nobody's got an education. So mm-hmm. that is where that's the, why where we're the challenge so. Was, yeah. And then and so we, Tony said that we came up with two things on the plane going to Dublin, but we actually did come up with three things. You probably remember, which, funny enough, is a bit like the first one. It's a bit like looking at yourself again. But yeah. it, the thing that made me think about it was Tony saying that. Whereas. Sadly, there is a lot of people who have very dysfunctional relationships, not just in their intimate relationships, but with their parents, you know, working with someone at the moment who's in such a dysfunctional relationship with her mother, you know, where a mother is literally being, you know, sectioned because she's her behavior is so bad. And then I'm working with the daughter who's trying to work out what to do about that. And I'm kind of going, well, like, how you know look at yourself how have you been handling this which is actually not working at all mm. and sometimes what we find which is the third thing that we came up with was not only to look at yourself and to look at how happy you are um, how you're showing up how understanding you are of your own emotional you know things like anger or depression or anything but yeah. also to look at like your physical body so people so so many people come and to us as coaches on their relation, you know, and they're coming on back their relationships. And we find out that they've got loads of physical conditions and illnesses. Mm. And so we started to go, well, look, you know, when you look at yourself, you look at like what you're putting past your lips, what, what how, you know, how, how, how's your physical body? Because what tends to lead to addictions like food and drink and smoking and all those sort of things, these have, horrendous effects on relationships as a whole specifically obviously we talk about intimate relationships but the you know the the environment you live in the what you eat what you drink Mm. how you interact you know how addicted you are to the thinking of negativity or victim or these Mm. this is i know this is heavy stuff yeah yeah but even if you know someone's listening now going whoa i wasn't expecting quite this much intensity um even if you're doing okay but you're going but i'm ill then there's just as much reason to look at it if your relationships aren't working or you're not gotten if you're not happy if you're not getting the life you want to look at your own health and your own fitness and your own body and go could it be possible that if I'm in a victim state, if I'm in a bad state, if I've got conditions, I mean, we actually, as you know, John, you know, look at it from a very esoteric, almost spiritual view and go like, if you've got something physically wrong with you, you do need to look at, you know, what this might be here to teach you. Because, you know, people go through what we call significant emotional events in their lives. That could can be anything from as you know like divorce to you know being having children when you haven't had children before and you know or, or blended marriages or whatever mm. that mm. but it can also be a significant emotional event like an illness and of course the impact on intimate relationships the impact on other relationships but the impact on you yourself some people just go i'm ill and therefore they that means i can't do anything yeah. i can't try i can't work on my relationship i can't work on you know third thing was always about being healthy so they say don't they healthy mind healthy body healthy life kind of thing 
Tony yeah. probably yeah. Tony, yeah. Tony, yeah. Tony teaches that brilliantly for hours on end. Right. Yeah, because there's so much about that now, isn't there? That the you know that holistic approach, you understanding not only your emotional mindset, your mental mindset, but the physical condition and how you know, I've written a couple of articles myself about how you how your emotional state can have a detrimental impact on you physically. Um, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so much now about the connection between kind of the, the brain cells that they find in your in your stomach and all different parts of your body where everything's interconnected and how we can sort of hold on to trauma physically. And yes. it has such a massive impact and, and all the stuff that you've said there. I yeah. would don't get us started about programming past <laughs> significant emotional events. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, because basically we bring everything we bring is all our past, all our baggage, everything we bring to a relationship. Mm. It's not it's mm. not created by the relationship. We already had it when we got there. No, that's right. And then that relationship believer kind of. Uh, what's the word? Just engage with it again, like you said earlier on. Or, um, it normally brings it to the surface, yeah, by the way. Yeah, definitely. Some say that's why we have relationships. Is to make sure that we can get triggered all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We always say to people when they're going on about their partner, we go, could you see your partner as a gift? They go, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I think what Tony said earlier on is a, is a really th important thing as well, is are you in control of your emotions or are your emotions in control of you? Um, and most of the time, 99% probably of the people that we speak to don't think they can control yeah. themselves at all, do they? They think, well, I get angry. And all oh, that makes me angry. I think there's something you said earlier on about what we're taught as kids is we are given responsibility for other people's emotions, aren't we? When you do this, I get sad. Maybe, yeah. You make me do this. And, and we're not aware of the fact that we're actually layering that kind of responsibility for everybody else. But then we also then exhibit ourselves that we start, like you said, you take that stuff with you all the time and then everybody else becomes responsible for your feelings yeah. um, and about kind of getting into yourself and understanding that. Um, is your test available for people to get to hold of? <laughs> That's a good one. Actually, um, we haven't got um, the intimate relationship test available right this second you can go to our charity we run a charity as well because obviously lots of people you know are able to afford you know to have coaching or get on our coaching programs as they would with oh you. yeah well that's where but that there test are, is available yeah yes. there's a lot of people that you know literally don't have the resources to have that so we mm -hmm. created a charity to help people in this instance so it's on we call it the 1010 movement which is about living um, or moving towards living a more 10 out of 10 life experience so again we've always used the numbers you know like imagine yeah. living life at a 10 out of 10 if you're a 5 out of 10 that's really what i did mm -hmm. so um it's called w if you go to www.10-10.life um then actually you can do the test and it comes up with some series of free and videos. And that is the original test. That's the original yeah. test that the I did. The um, And it and it you basically um, yeah do do the do answer the questions um, and then it will send you some complimentary videos. Lovely. Um, you know, very powerful. So we have a, like a whole. We have made over a hundred videos on the Ten Ten Movement YouTube page which, you know, answers in short term. Oh, I've, I've watched a fair few of those. So thanks for putting those out there into the world. Because yeah, yeah, uh, so obviously we're known as a relationship couple and we've got a whole 
raft of intimate relationship work that we can that people can have access to. But um, the the original test and the 1010 movement is a charity and it's not, uh, you know, people can get access to that free of charge. Yes. Right. Uh, and, and any other ways that people can get in touch with you at all? Yeah, so actually we've um, we've written um, a lot, as, as I know you've written your book and, mm. and articles and blogs and all that sort of stuff, isn't it? So like we've been very prolific uh, in, since the early 2000s. And um, so we have, uh, we're in the process actually, it will probably be launched at the end of September 2021. So depends when you're listening to this, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we are relaunching uh, TonyandNickyB.com. So www.tonyandand.com. And then Nikki's N I C K I V V E dot com. Um, we have created a whole raft of um, relationship stuff that you can um, get. So there's all sorts of products there, from uh, MP3s to uh, eBooks and all sorts of stuff um, to help people, you know, get this education that we didn't get. Um, and I, I always like to say, you know, if this is if you are listening to this and you're in an emergency situation. Um, if you friend us on Facebook, you can always private message us on Facebook and we'll do what we can to help um, anybody that's in a emergency situation. Cause sometimes that's what Tony always says. We're like Kojak. Yeah. You're not old. I remember Kojak. I used to have the little car. But anybody does. Oh, you had the car. <laughs> oh, right. What? Did he have yeah. the car? So he always had the red light, didn't he? The red light at the top, and there was a guy in his car at the back with him. Yeah, it was really. He put <laughs> it on the roof, and then he's off, you know. Yeah. So, so we've, we've done that, literally. I mean, we, we were literally in, we were in Newcastle helping somebody, and then we got like a call from somebody in Bournemouth. <laughs> and Bournemouth to Newcastle is a very long way, but we literally seven hours put the blue light on the car and drove, and, you yeah. know, and it was very Yeah, sad. we've flown very all sad. over the world until it, but now, obviously, in the last 18 months, um, <laughs> we've been on Zoom a lot, as we mm, are yeah. with you today. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I always just think that, you know, we are, the 10 movement is a great place to start because it would just give people some emergency help just to find out where they are. And there's lots of videos on them for them. And if somebody wants to talk to us, they best just come through the good old Facebook. All of your details will be listed in the show notes. So uh, if anyone's listening, don't worry if you've missed uh, any of those things. They'll all be in the show notes. Just look in the show notes. You'll be able to get all the details for Tony and Nikki. Actually, um, Nikki did um, say that, you know, we're very good at like emergencies because like, you know, when you get into a state where you literally like you don't want to break up, but you don't know what to do. Yeah. We created a thing in which we sort of, you know, call a love letter. We call it a love letter. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's a it's a tool that you can use to bring you back from the brink. And it's been very, very successful. So that's available as well, which is really it's a nice thing to start a point where you're so disconnected. You're not talking, you're having rows and fights mm -hmm. and arguments mm -hmm. and you can't really see any way out. It's a very quick, it's like a really good band-aid to stick on it and go, right, could we just get at least get that sorted out? And then you can start the process because it brings you into an awareness. Yeah. Where you go, yeah, actually, let's start working on this because it's not a quick fix. Mm -hmm. um, there is no quick fix. Um, people often ask us how long it took us to sort of work it all out and get ourselves into a much better state. And we always say about 18 months. I mean, it was, you know, it's like, that's what personal development is. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. It's not a, a tablet that you just take and suddenly everything's all going to be great. Because we have got into that world where we think, 
well, there's got to be a quick fix for this, but actually, yeah. you know, it's an education. So you think about it, if you had to get, a, if you had a university degree, how long does it take to get? You know, it's a couple of three years, isn't it? Or if you're mm. going to be a doctor or an accountant or, a, you know, you're looking at like seven years sometimes to yeah. learn these things. So I don't think 18 months is a, is a bad time to go, right, let me get this education, let me learn about this. And honestly, we always say magic and miracles can absolutely happen um, and that's why we're such fans of coaching, because obviously you can do it on programs, you know, online programs, which we have. But, but it, you know, you've got somebody personally on your camp uh, mm -hmm. to help you, mentor you, coach you through some difficult times. Mm -hmm. um, everything's possible. So, yeah, well done, John, for being one of those people. And I know yeah. it's very tough. It's not it's not it's probably the most difficult thing to coach people on. Yeah, but it's also very, very rewarding. When it's you massively see it. rewarding. Yes, one of the only things that gives me the kind of goosebumps and hair standing on in kind of moments when people do actually get it for themselves and they mm. are able to put these things into place, which will help them to reach, like you said, that ten out of ten space yeah. that they that, yeah. that make them they make their life happy and fulfilled. Yeah, in any part of their yeah. life, of course. Mm. Yeah. yeah and I, I'm just, just laughing to myself thinking I I hadn't realized that you're the relationship guy and we're the relationship couple how, how spooky is that? <laughs> we just need to find the relationship gal and we'll <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's one out there <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe you'll come on our podcast with her <laughs> <laughs> I'll search around see if I can find her it's interesting what you said about that 18 months I think I've been in personal development now for getting on for nearly 20 years and I'm you know it's that learning it's that I'm constantly learning and oh, yeah. never ending learning of course yeah. it's a journey you know not, never. The, not never the destination ending. yeah and we still trip up you know somebody I was sharing the other day I've like got into a bit of a red space you know that we're not immune and we're not you know and I said to her, look I'm not Jesus for God's sake you know <laughs> I don't walk on water you know I have, you have moments where yeah. you you know you yeah. have a tough time but look, the truth is that you, you, when you know what you, you can't unknow what you know, which is what we say. So when you enter that red world, um, having had the education, then the, the truth is you, you have to take responsibility and look at what you're doing that's got you there. Yeah. And that will look, always get you out of it. So, you know, yes, you can dip down, but you won't dip down for like the years. I mean, years and years of pain. You shouldn't dip down for, if it was, hours it will be too long i mean the yeah. theory is you've got the tools to get yourself back into a much better place back into that green space where everything's you know the love you seek is there basically that's and, and on that no i think it's the great love you seek is there yes. it's so profound <laughs> thank you so much again for being on the show today a very insightful as amazingly normal from the both of you um i've learned so much from you both over the years of my coaching journey and my personal journey as well so thank you for being there for everybody um if anybody is in a situation where they feel that nikki and tony can help do go into the show notes get their details and get in touch straight away thanks again it's been lovely to see you both and uh, i'll see you again soon awesome yeah Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. 
Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.